Hey, boils and ghouls, this is David Howard Thornton from Terrifier and the upcoming Terrifier 2, and you're listening to Moose's Monster Mash. Do you like to binge watch TV? Did you know you could binge listen to podcasts? Head over to electronicmediacollective.com, where they have podcasts for days. You like podcasts about wrestling? They have that. Do you like podcasts about TV and film? They have that. Do you like podcasts about horror? EMC has that too. Do you like comedy? Do you like books? Guess what? They've got you covered. Head over to electronicmediacollective.com. Pick your favorite podcast today. Episode of Moose's Monster Match. I'm your host, Moose. Our guest this month is an actor, musician, and makeup effects artist. You've seen him in Charmed. You've seen him in Demon Knight. Here he is, Dr. Satan himself, Mr. Walter Phelan. How's it going? Good, how are you? Oh, not too bad. Glad to have you on the show. Let's get right into this. How'd you get started in the business? Uh, I never really aspired to be an actor, per se. And then doing makeup effects... Uh, I just thought it would be really cool to play monsters, so I just kept buggy guys when I was first in the industry, you know. And because of my body type and my interest and then my knowledge of makeup also helped a lot. So, um, Todd Masters the first guy to put me in suits. And, um, and then from there on, I met, you know, the guys at KB and then Optic Nerve and all the other shops around at that time. And, um, just kind of became a go-to guy for suits for a while there in the 90s. But that just kind of came. That just kind of came about, you know. Where did you get all of your makeup training? Uh, just on, on the day. I mean, when I uh, started working for, uh, originally started working with this guy Scott Coulter, who was a New York makeup guy. Um, you know, he's in he was in L.A., but he originally worked on the original Street Trash. You know that movie? Yeah. Yeah, he done effects on that. And the uh, companies in New York at that time was in L.A. And that's who my cousin knew. He had just met him somehow and uh, fixed an oven for him. And Scott Coulter was like, well, what do you want for pay? And my cousin knew I wanted to get in the industry. So he just said, you know, let's just hire my cousin Walter and see what's up. So <laughs> I knew basically nothing except maybe what it, at that point, even in the uh, late 80s, early 90s, there wasn't. Uh, I mean, we didn't have the Internet, so there wasn't that much information. If you went to the bookstore, there were a couple of books on makeup, uh, not a lot of how-to stuff, mostly just on, like, you know, the makeup stars and their monsters. And uh, so I had I had this, some of that information, you know, just from reading books and Fangoria. And at the time, there was Gorezone, which had a little section in it that was uh, had a little how-to makeup thing, you know, a little section in the back. It was always really confusing, though. It would always give you, like, half the information. So oh, yeah. I didn't know that much, you know. I knew basics, but I'd never had any hands-on. So I just kind of did it as I went, which which still happens in makeup effects, uh, even at legacy effects, you know. A lot of people come out of school now, and um, I'm not a big fan of that. I mean, those people end up owning this, owning the schools, a lot of money. And once they get to L.A. and get to a shop to work, they, they didn't learn 
know what they need to know at all. Because <laughs> they teach them sort of old, uh, old-fashioned ways of doing things, you know. And they end up not running silicone or not making modern type molds. And uh, so it's a big learning experience for people coming out of schools nowadays. Hmm. Um, yeah. But when I started, even in the early 90s, I mean, you could just kind of, you know, get a friend who wanted to do it. And, yeah, show up. He's a worker. He's a worker. He'll learn as he goes, you know. It was kind of the mentality. And then there were other guys who were really great artists who would come in who, you know, were already doing that kind of work at home since any kids, you know. And uh, so, yeah, I just fell into it. Nice. So is that kind of the same luck you had with music, or, you know, is that something you pursued, pursued geez, through yeah, school and stuff? Yeah, not so much with music. I mean, I, you know, I started going and playing in clubs in L.A. when I was 18 and um, spent, you know, all of the 80s. Then I was in punk rock quite a bit. Uh, late 70s, early 80s. So I was in that scene in LA and uh, playing with, you know, Circle Jerks and Souls Distortion and all those bands when they were all younger. And uh, and from that went on to different scenes, you know, Sunset Strip scene after that. But as a youngster and uh, you know, in your 20s, it's hard to hold a band together. Oh, and, yeah. uh, and then you can even get to a certain point and some, you know, for whatever reason, every band I was in at some point you know, we get to the point where we had management, booking agents, and interest, and label interest, and, you know, it was still record labels mostly back then. And, uh, but something would always happen. Some drunk or some drug addict or what, you know, just whatever. So I, I quit for a while. But I was, once I started makeup, I was in prison for a while. And then, yeah, never stopped playing. So, you know, I got back into it after a few years, about seven years. I, I didn't play with anyone. But it's in my blood, so I gotta do it. Right. <laughs> Keep me young, too. Yeah? Well, and like, looking through your credits list, you've worked out some uh, pretty good spots in film and TV, even if they're just one-offs. Yeah. Yeah, pretty lucky for quite a while there. Uh, when I was with Todd, we, uh, we were doing... He did the last, did all the makeups in like the last three seasons of Tales from the Crypt for HBO. And that's kind of when I started working for him. And, uh, that was a great learning experience because those shows went really fast. Oh, yeah. They had like a, a week to build everything for the, and then a week they would film each episode. So that, that went really fast and furious. It was, it was a lot of fun and learned a lot really quick. Um, so we already had Tales from the Crypt and then, once I talked Todd into let me wear suits, I did three different episodes of Tales. So that was already some really good stuff. I think that show's still really great. And um, and once that ended, uh, actually he went out of town to do uh, makeup on the Mangler. <laughs> Robert England. They were in Africa shooting that, and uh, um, and then uh, they won the bid for the Prophecy. A Gregory White film and Chris Walken. Yeah. So that was in the shop at the same time. <clears throat> and another makeup artist, uh, Scott Patton, uh, also works at Legacy. He's a designer over there now. And uh, so he headed up the makeup on that show and got me a role in that. And then Todd came back to town and uh, kind of, I guess, already proved myself with that, you know, four of the things I did. 
I never got demonite. And uh, so I played a bunch of monsters in that. And uh, that's probably the most fun I ever had is working on that movie. I was still pretty young for the industry. And uh, that's just one of my favorite monster movies, too. At least modern monster movies. Oh, yeah. Uh, I love demonite. And so once we did that, <laughs> that had big, pretty big theatrical release. <clears throat> and then the guys from KMB saw that, and they had Dustal um, Dawn coming up. So a couple of us played Demons of Demon Knight, went, and they hired us on Dustal Dawn as vampires. And so from there, I just kept meeting people. Then I knew KMB, and Todd, got to know Optic Nerve from that, and Steve Johnson, and, and worked for pretty much everybody back then, except for Stan Winston. And uh, it's just funny, I ended up working in Legacy, which is Stan's old shop. You know, <laughs> so, that's always odd. And uh, so from there, I just kept doing it, working for KMB, and they had a lot of hope and high profile stuff. And Howard Berger was great, gave me jobs all the time. And uh, so that went on to like Wishmaster for KMB, and uh, and uh, I think they were doing Buffy a little bit then. So yeah, I lucked out quite a bit. After that, once the 2000s rolled around, a lot of stuff kind of changed, to, to even just body types for monsters. So, you know, I'd go for a job, and you know, are you, you know, four ten? Like, no. Are you six ten? Well, no. <laughs> and so it seemed like jobs faded out, you know, a bit. I see. And, yeah, uh, in the two thousands, it seemed like they they wanted the extremes. They either wanted short monsters or yeah. big monsters. Yeah. So I was kind of right in between. And I ended up doing a lot of low-budget stuff. And, uh, of course, around that time, though, I did meet uh, Rob. Started working for him. So that was pretty cool. And, uh, you know, that, that kind of brought me out of the woodwork, doing something for Rob Zombie. And he's so popular and has so many tentacles out there. It's, it's amazing. His fan base is so huge. It blows my mind. Oh, yeah. I do a few conventions every year. And, uh yeah, even if the, out of the, you know, 20, 25 things I've done, it's all Dr. Satan, you know, all day. <laughs> oh, of course. And that's probably the least amount of work I've done in any movie. <laughs> you know, it's so short, but it's such a prolific image. It just, you know, it just sticks in people's minds, like, you know, like a tattoo or something. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it, it is that, like, iconic... Yeah, you, know, you, you got that like iconic character image that yeah. you know so few character you know character actors get. Yeah. You know, I mean, the oxygen and mask and the you know balding head and just super wrinkled. And you don't know anything about it, and that makes it even more uh, desirable. Yeah. People. You know, the less you know about something, and that people always want more and more and more. And, you know. I say he he definitely falls into that. Uh, you know, character where y you want more of a story, but if you get more of a story, would it ruin the, exactly. uh, you know, uh, aura of what's already there? Yeah, exactly. Now, that's a tough thing, even if you're doing someone else's thing. I mean, but Rob does it. I mean, he doesn't give a shit, you know. He, he just does what he wants to do and fuck everybody's opinion. Right. Which is big, of course, now with the monsters. Oh, I know. Like, please, I'm like, please don't do that. You know, because it's been tried before, and you really can't do that. The actors are all dead. And 
You know, those things are just kind of kismet. They just happen, you know, by accident. Everybody's there, and, you know, the show just turns out to be great, you know. And you try to recreate that kind of stuff, which he's not. From what I've seen, he's not at all. No. It's a whole new thing. And uh, we'll see. You know, it's funny because him doing the Munsters has become one of the most polarizing of topics. Yeah, well, yeah. And <laughs> it, it's almost comical to sit back in some of these groups on Facebook and look at the comments that get hurled out. Oh, yeah. And, you know, from the beginning, I've looked at it as this is a high-budget fan film. Right. Because you know, end of the day, that's what it is. He's a fan of the, you know, he is a Munsters fan. Well, yeah, more than anybody, probably. I mean, I can say that, too. But <laughs> At end of the day, this is a studio-backed fan film. So I can't wait to see it and see, you know, make you want, you want to make your judgments afterwards, go ahead. But wait and see once it's released. And then... You know, you want to shit on it, shit on it, but just wait. Yeah, just wait and see. Wait and see. I didn't hate the trailer, so I don't know what's wrong with me. I was like, oh, now I'm going to hate this thing. <laughs> and then I watched the trailer, and I was like, oh, I see. Okay. I see the take on it. Yeah, I didn't hate it. I say, it, it seems like a nice homage to the original, but it's not trying to be the original. Right, which is what a lot of other remakes of Monsters. Well, I can't say because Singer did that one. Did you ever see that? Yeah. TV show he did? Yep. It was awful, but that was completely the wrong take, I thought. Well, it's like too often people try to recreate the original, and you can't. You have to, you know, keep that spirit, but put your take on it. Yeah, yeah. You know, because you only, you know, you only capture lightning in a bottle once. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was saying earlier. Yeah, exactly. It only happens once. Yeah, we'll see what happens. My Herman Monster story is I was uh, six or seven years old and lived in the San Fernando Valley. And my sister and I um, were down the street from Universal Studios. I think my mom worked at a restaurant there or something. Anyways, we're walking up the street and... uh, I see a Volkswagen Beetle with Frankenstein in it. And it pulls into a liquor store across the street. From what my sister says, I run out of the traffic. I found that out for maybe. <laughs> so we both run over there. And uh, and there's fucking Fred Gwynn in full makeup sitting in the mud. <laughs> and I don't know if it was like a grip or something and they went to get beer. I thought, oh, let's just, you know, I'll just ride around. We'll see what people do i don't know you know who knows anyway so i run up and it's like that's it's sort of a monster but i'm seven years old so my reality of what tv and everything else you know you have that thing where you know it's you know it's not really frankenstein it, you know, there's makeup on it but as a kid you don't really break that line you know yeah the reality thing is all kind of squishy at that point and uh he had a stack of eight by ten for the family in the back and signed one for me gave it to me and uh his, his electrode on the, his neck was just like dangling off and i can see that picture in my mind now even though it's so long ago just wondering what the fuck is happening because you know it's such a momentous <laughs> moment because when that was on tv that was like that batman with the greatest shows ever of course you know to a seven-year-old oh yeah and uh, yeah i just lived my life for both those shows then 
But that was my uh, that was my Zombo moment. You know the Zombo episode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's how much I love the monsters. The monsters, you know. And I remember back then too. We I think we went to Universal uh, to the back lot back then. And back in the late '60s, you could just walk around on the sets. Like that was there was no. I mean, there was a tram that would take you throughout the back lot, but there were no rides or anything. It was just like you were in the studio sort of thing, you know. I remember how cool that was. And we walked through their house, at least three of the sets for their house, the kitchen, the living room, and uh, one other room, I remember. And uh, anyways, I love the monsters. Jeez. So we'll give, we'll give Rob a break. We'll see what's up. Yeah, we, we don't get that kind of luck here in Nebraska. We don't, we, we don't have backlots and things. I mean, we have yeah, backlots, yeah. but we, we wander onto them. You're, you're not sure what you're going to find. Right, right. So I kind of grew up with all that, even as a little kid. But there were other times that my mom dated this carpenter once in the um, late '60s, and uh, I think he worked for Paramount. I don't know which studio he worked for, but he took me on like a studio tour once, just me and him and her. And so it was all way behind the scenes. And at that time, I guess it was the 20th century, but at that time was uh, like Voice of the Bottom of the Sea, and um, Lost in Space and all those shows for production. Wow. And uh, I remember going to all those sets and uh, seeing a little scene of Lost in Space with the father and then sitting in the cockpit of the submarine for Voices by the Submarine of the Sea. And um, I also remember in the back lot seeing this submarine, just like a scale model, but big. And uh, that turned out to be the Penguin submarine in that Batman movie from well, it must have been 60, 67, I guess. Holy crap. Yeah. So, yeah, I kind of always been around. You know, like we talked, you, you, uh, you know, you get, get into this and you get some of those, like, I guess now, like, prolific characters. Um, you know, it's funny because, like, when someone brings up, like, oh, I was a monster and charmed, you know, they had so many, like, monsters of the week. Yeah. You know, it was like, oh, yeah, who? You know, and it, it's interesting because, you know, I was talking to somebody telling them that, you know, I had this uh, recording to do today and, you know, they're not a big horror person. Uh-huh. And I was like, um, they were uncharmed, yeah. you know, and they're like, okay, who? You know, I was like, uh, a Braxis demon. And they're like, oh, yeah. Oh, you my know, God. And just started, you know, listing off everything from the episode i'm like it was one episode but you know it, it was you know my wife is a big charmed fan so yeah i know there's a lot there and they don't have to be horror fans they just love charm right you know so th- that's one of those shows that when she's looking for something to watch she'll just turn on so i've seen the episode probably a thousand times <laughs> really and you know, you, you play this character that just stands out from, like, the rest of the series, which is so weird, because, you know, like like I said, it's Monsters of the Week. Yeah. You know, and you have this one-off character, and it's just, oh, yep, everybody remembers it. Well, yeah, he's important, I think, the story, having the book and all that. Mm-hmm. That was a really fun shoot. Uh, that was a few days, and, uh, yeah, see, like, something like that, I put a lot of effort into, and a lot of work into the acting, and I... I had to do backwards reading and phonetically do that and a bunch of other things. And, you know, physically it had, uh, you know, that was a lot of work too. And, um, 
we shot three or four days, different locations. And then something like Dr. Safe went by so fast, I didn't even realize it happened. You know, <laughs> we shot that in an afternoon. I was there three days, but only shot once. And it was so fast. And, uh, that I almost forgot all about it, you know. I know something like Charm, where I worked really hard at, or even the X-Files episode I did, that was, that was a lot of work. Um, a lot more acting in it, you know. But they just kind of go by the wayside. But you're right about those Charm fans. Yeah. I, I get a few at the conventions, but not that many. Um, but if they are, they're, they're, that's it for them. That's their whole thing, you know. Oh, yeah. They know everything about it. Like, I, I find, Charmed fans are as knowledgeable, if not more, than horror fans. Right. Like that oh, yeah. That is their wheelhouse. And it, yep. it's, again, fun to just sit back and just, like, absorb it all. It's like, wow. And even more than Buffy. Buffy has the same kind of following, but not quite as fanatical. Yeah. You know, it's just, it, it's impressive with how much people have, uh, like, banked in their memories. And it's, yeah. it's insane. Then they tried to remake it, and I tried watching that. It was terrible. Yeah, I was not a fan. I can't say I'm a huge fan of the original show either. It's excuse excuse me, it's a chick show, but you know, I do like some of it. I guess. Oh yeah. Working with the girls was fun. Oh, I bet. But yeah, you know, like like you said, arguably, you know, Doctor Satan is your biggest character. Claim to fame, yes. And. <laughs> Now, what all went into that uh, prosthetic and costume? Like, because I know there's a scene where he's almost like a super evil Doc Ock. You know, he has uh, extra arms and things. And like, was there a harness involved, or was that all just like added later? No, there was a there was a harness. It was um, it went over my shoulders and uh, had the extended arms, and it was attached at the wrists, like around the forearms and the upper arm. And uh, that all moved with my arms. And um, and then there was uh, mostly paintwork. There were a few scars added to the arms. And uh, pretty sure the makeup was just one piece for that first show. Um, you know, it was foam latex, very thin, and glued down around the eyes and mouth. But then they, you know, put something on the mouth and all that. And kind of covered up all that sculpture. Um, so that was like a one piece, and then uh, just the collar went on, and those arm arm rigs, and uh, they were just they weren't suspended; they were just on me, so I could walk around with them. And then they tried a few other things, like to beat those up. Up there was this body with like a part in a jar that was way above me, and I guess those tendrils were supposed to be connected to that or something. You know, it was all just kind of made up artwork. So yeah science on it <laughs> hey that looks cool and they tried some chains and that looked kind of funky and then they ended up just putting some thick rope up to those things, up to that body from the arm so it was kind of like a you know a marionette guy almost which is another cool cool part of it yeah and then the smock went on and that was about it i had some old stained long johns on and uh and then just a lot of pain you know a lot of body pain that was, when they did it again at Devil's Rejects, and Wayne Todd, who's a makeup artist, he re-sculpted the whole thing, and then broke that makeup down like he would a regular makeup into six pieces. Yeah, but 
you know, you do that for a character who's going to be speaking and be more of a, you know, a character more than a monster. Yeah. And, um, but they change it only put little teeth in the mouth, which you wouldn't know unless you worked at pictures without the mask and, or toys or something like that, you know. And, um, changed it quite a bit. We did, we did two or three days on that. We did the hospital scene and then we were out at the ranch in Newhall for a couple days. None of that footage is really, of course, the, the one scene got cut. But even the, uh, the raid on the house, we shot some stuff at the doctor. You can't, you don't see that it's in um, at all. And then, of course, Rob said, ah, this is out. <laughs> this is too, too fanciful. <laughs> I've changed it all. It looks too nice. <laughs> yeah, it's just too, too fantasy for him. The way he changed all those characters for the second movie, you know. I could, I could see why. I think he did it just to hold on to something from the first movie. And then once he had a left footage, where yeah, this is this, it didn't that scene didn't enhance the story of anything. Yeah, the story he was telling about the <laughs> the family or the doctor or anything, it was just kind of a shock scene. So I understand. Yes, that's the story. He, he also played another shock character. Same movie. It was uh, he played Albert Fish. Oh yes, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that stuff. Um, that stuff we did after Universal dumped him, dumped Rob. He really didn't have anyone to put the movie out. So he just kept shooting stuff at his house on videotape and uh, adding little things here and there. And we shot all that stuff in his house that he lived at, his L.A. house at the time. Um, and we did that two or three weekends. That was really fun because I was wondering about the movie. And then I knew Wayne, so, you know, I talked to him. And... Uh, and then he'd call, he'd wait, call and say, hey, Rob wants to shoot some stuff, some footage, you know, go over to his house for the week, you know, for Saturday or something. That was really fun. That was like gorilla filmmaking. <laughs> yeah, you had Rob Donkey, you know, and Sherry cooking lunch and his really goth, like, because he'd bought a house in old L.A., uh, very gothic, very woody, two-story, and then he had all kinds of just awesome collecting, you know. So that, that was a really fun experience. And sit down and talk to him like a real person and so. stuff. That is his mind. Oh yeah. And, yeah, we did it like three weekends. We shot the Albert Fish stuff, and uh, and uh, Bill was over there one weekend. Bill Mosley, I didn't even know him yet, um, and he was because uh, he played another serial killer. I can't remember who he played, and Wayne did a makeup on him. But yeah, that that was all really cool stuff. And I did. We did uh, there's a little shot of Tiny when he's burning in a bed. And we shot that in Rob's basement. Um, we just went out and got a gas can and the <laughs> water. I just writhed around like I was burning, you know. And uh, so he was just filling in all these little shots. And uh, really fun. Who needs a soundstage when you have your own? Yes. Exactly. Then once they finally got the movie out, you know, it, it did pretty well. I remember it starting really small, like a couple theaters and a little TV ad the paper. And by like second week, it was like a full page ad. It was really fun. Well, and it continues to blow up. And oh, it, yeah. You know, it's going to be one of those movies where it finds a new audience every, you know, every generation. So I it's, think so. I think so. It, it, it really another, has longevity. Another polarizing movie, like all Rob's movies. Yeah. There's nobody who kind of likes them. No, you either like them or you don't. Or you just hate it. Yeah. 
think he's the worst director ever or the greatest thing ever. Yeah, there's no in between. It's funny. <laughs> yeah, say I've never heard. Of, oh, it was. I, I liked everything but this, and you know. So end of the day, it's kind of an okay movie. No, you're right. Yeah. It's very much. You know, this is this is an amazing movie, or no, this movie totally fucking sucks. Yeah, yeah. But he, he's he's a really great guy. Um, I mean, he'll hire you. You know, you guys, if you get along with him and everything's kosher, he, you know, he hired me for his own music videos three or four times, and, and things like Lords of Salem, and you know, I show up play different ghosts and another doctor and did the operation scene on Sherry where she has that big worm coming out of her and uh, but yeah the last thing I did with him was uh, that UFO video which thank god I didn't have to wear the big dick and be naked in it. <laughs> I'm, a too, I'm a little too old for that so I showed up and he's like don't worry you just put this robot suit on and walk around okay cool <laughs> don't worry the dick's not for you <laughs> yeah, you don't have to have your butt out all day. Yeah, as long as I was in L.A., which I live in Oregon now. Um, yeah, yeah, he'd call all the time. He's probably one of the coolest guys I've ever met. Him and William Malone. William Malone. Yeah. Did the House on Haunted Hill remake. Um, which I did with him. And then he had his own movie, uh, Parasomnia. Um, if you've ever seen that. That was only on DVD, I think. But another great guy. You know, call all the time. Hey, I got a day doing a suit thing. You want to come down and do it? i right, sure. Sure, I got nothing going on. Why not? Yeah, yeah why not? <laughs> why not? <laughs> See, I just got off about a year and a half at Legacy, uh, working on all the uh, Disney Star Wars shows and uh, Guardians 3, which was about eight months of work on Guardians 3. It's ridiculous. There's more practical makeup and rubber in that movie than I've ever seen. It's unbelievable. I say I, I saw Thor on the list for costume. I, yeah, I, I didn't know anything about Guardians. That's crazy. Yeah, I worked on Guardians Two. Legacy got Guardians Two, which was a few years ago, and then Guardians Three started last November and just ended a couple months ago, three months ago. It's an unbelievably long thing. And I run Foam Latex over there. I work in the casting department. Yeah. Oh, holy crap. Yeah. So I. You know, that's a, that's one thing I learned when I was in uh, when I first started. And Todd Nash was like, "Well, what do you want to do?" I said, "Well, everything." You know, and um, he's like, "All right, well, we're learn foam latex." He was the Dick Smith book, you know, of course. And uh, I was like, "Okay," kind of taught myself and with tips from other people. And, and I've been doing that for 25 years now. So when I started at Legacy, I'm mostly in the foam room, so I'm still in there. I chose that room. I chose that job originally because. Summertime in a shop is really bad. Uh huh. And the foam room has to be air conditioned all year, so that's why it shows up. <laughs> oh yeah, like it can be a hundred degrees outside, but yeah, in a shop it's a hundred and fifty. Yeah, hundred and ten. Yeah, <laughs> but the foam room nice and cool. And of course, I was told we weren't going to run any foam latex. You know, twenty years ago when CGI started it up, it's like, oh, you guys will never make another puppet or run any foam ever again. And uh, that wasn't true at all. Right. And of course, now it's come full, full circle. All the directors right now all want to shoot practical stuff. So that's why a movie like Guardians a few years ago would have been almost oh, all CGI, any of the characters. And, uh, and it's all makeups. I mean, background, farm background, you know, not even filling in with CGI guys, but like 
these thousands and thousands of pieces of makeup in that show. So that's kind of cool to come back to practical. Uh, so yeah, it, it is crazy how you know how much uh, practical has come back. I, I guess to being practical. Yeah. Well, yeah, because uh, they're younger directors, and I think you know they saw CGI was, but it's funny because CGI reached the point where uh, with motion capture, it's convincible. Yeah. So you have all this era of movies, this horrible fucking CGI shit, which is just worse than like all the facts to me, you know, worse than stop motion, worse than any old kind of effect you could think of. I think the, all that early CGI, see that whole era of movies, probably CGI. and it gets to the point where you see like the Planet of the Apes movies, which are pretty good movies, but nothing I would, I don't know jump on a cliff for, you know. <laughs> uh, but I'm old anyways. I grew, you know, I was nine years old when the first one came out, so that's not prejudice. Anyways, but it gets to the point where it's convincing because those apes are fucking totally convincing to me. I think they look amazing. Oh, yeah. Know? And uh, and now it's like everybody's all back to practical. So, I don't know. It's always one, one extreme to the other with everything. It's everything goes full circle. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so I'm on the dish. I finally escaped LA <laughs> back in Oregon. <laughs> so before we wrap this up, uh, I, I know you're on vacation, uh, but do you have any uh, projects coming out that you want to talk about? Well, like I said, I'm reading a script right now, uh, this low budget film, um, young filmmakers. Not, nothing really to say about it. I'm just I'm reading the script. It seems pretty cool. And, uh, you know, I was supposed to be back to work in January down there. In LA, possibly. Uh, and uh, played a lot of shows, playing shows in LA all the time. And uh, have other tours coming up for the band for Pat Todd and the Rank Outsiders. And uh, other than that, now I'm going to relax for a while. Well, it's time of year to do it. Yeah, yeah. That's about it. So, where can listeners follow you and keep up to date on social media? Um, you know, I mean, on Facebook or Instagram, just look me up on there, and uh, you can also look up Pat Todd and the Rank Outsiders, uh, plenty of stuff on there about me, and uh, yeah, just look me up on, on the internet, you'll find stuff. And listeners, like always, yeah. I'll, I'll put those links in the episode description for easy access, and cool. you guys can find me and other great podcasters over on electronicmediacollective.com. Or on Twitter at and now on Facebook at Moose Media Inc. And be sure to tune in next month for our first ever Monster Mash on location, where we're covering Scarefest live down in Lexington, Kentucky. So that'll be interesting. Walter, this has been an absolute blast. Thank you, Moose. Been fun. And Love to have you on again sometime just to shoot the shit and see what you bet. see what's going on, catch up. And until next time, horror hounds, mash on. Alright, out. This has been Moose's Monster Badge. Come back for chills and thrills. Ha 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 ha!